This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing co-host. Beautiful, talented, giving. She's brought me some some, some brownies. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's in these. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do. But thank I'm you so much for giving my love into an edible bite for an, you. An edible bite. <laughs> Co-host and producer of the Model House Show, Jade Harrell. How you doing today, Jade? Oh, what's up, Sean? I am specialicular today. Specialicular? Yes, particularly special feeling right now. I can't believe you pulled that off. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Specialicular. <laughs> specialicular. Oh man, write that one down. Take a picture. La, I don't la, care. La, very nice. I like that. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Mm-hmm. Very excited about our guests and our show topic. We're going to be talking about some things that all of us are going to be experiencing as we age. Ah, all right. So that's how the French say age. I am doing right? that. I'm just kidding. Shout out to France, all the listeners in France. I have no idea how to say <laughs> age in France. That almost in French. like arse. <laughs> I took French in, in high school, two years. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to get those two. <laughs> And I walked away with Je m'appelle Sean, comment allez-vous? I think that means, <laughs> right, hopefully I gotta be. Uh, I'm Sean, yes. where are you going? Or no, something no. like that. How are you, sweetheart? Yeah. Okay. How are you? Well, shout out to, to, to learning a foreign language in, in high school. There you go. When we would probably could be doing this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, we you know, should. Uh, there are some great apps for this. Do you know about Duolingo? Have I you heard don't. of that little Duolingo. app? Yeah. So these little cool apps that could teach you another language, and they are very, very effective. They do different little studies, comparative studies, and and they help you learn language faster. So our technology today can be really helpful, but at the same time, I don't think anything can replace being in the environment and that immersion. Sure. We talked with Dr. Wendy Suzuki recently <laughs> and how, you know, when she was um, in college and she was becoming a neuroscientist and going to live in France. Yeah. And that whole experience and learning the language of that education there mm-hmm. and also her experience, her romantic experiences <laughs> and all that stuff that yeah. stayed with her, that changed her, that got Absolutely. her to adapt much faster. You know, the, we're very resilient humans. That's one thing about us. We're very resilient. Speaking of so which, far. you know, we can literally get by on McDonald's for a while and mm-hmm. not die, mm-hmm. you know, because of our resiliency. But that's not what we're we'll talking about today. Slowly. We're not talking about <laughs> we're all kind of dying slowly. Yeah. OK, Jay, exactly. like we're, it's like, you know how the story ends. <laughs> I do. But you're accelerating the slow dying. There we go. Right? How about that? But anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about thriving. We're yeah. talking about becoming the best version of ourselves. We're, we're talking about aging beautifully. I'm so glad you said that. My right. birthday's tomorrow. Yes. And by the time it's come out, yeah. I will have already become of my new age. But I set a goal or desire to shoot for 110. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah. I've never heard you talk this way. I know. Well, I, I, I a like lot that. Of this I has been that. manifesting because I I figure if I shoot for 110, if I, if I strive to live and thrive that well, yeah. I'll certainly live a, a healthy, robust age. Perfect. You know, I have an aunt who's in her upper 90s right mm-hmm. now. So why not with yeah. the knowledge I have? And she eats all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but she's Talk probably accidentally doing some stuff right Absolutely. because she's older. You well, know? She goes and so, back to the things right. that they knew coming up and they were on a farm. Right. And so those things still are part of her life. Yeah. But some of the conveniences is what's changed. But well, for sure, 
I would like to be in that number. I support you on your mission. Thank you. For sure. And <laughs> some of the other things that support you on your mission, a special shout out to onit.com. Oh, man, they're helping. Hemp Force Protein. Uh-huh. The highest, potentially most bioavailable source of protein is going to be found in hemp. Albumin. It's mm-hmm. a rich source of albumin. Edestin, right? Edestin is... Again, quite possibly, it makes this super bioavailable and usable by human cells, cool. right? So we need these building blocks, right? We need the the full amino acid profile you're going to find. Because basically when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at proteins uh-huh. held together by That'll collagen. Without that collagen, you'd be apparently a pool of mush. Yeah. But proteins are what make you up, and it's what I see <laughs> when I see you. So we need to get high-quality proteins, and we need to get them in a way that also it helps if it tastes good. Yeah. Let's just be honest sure, about it. Sure. If you're getting Company X's Hemp Force Protein, it's going to taste like uh, <laughs> ground-up roly-polies. Right? You remember those little roly-polies <laughs> when you were a kid? It tastes like ground-up roly-polies with some dirt mixed in <laughs> um, and, and a little like salt or something. Uh-huh. It's not good. This is why the Hemp Force from Onnit is my go-to. Hemp Force Protein. Head over, check them out. O-N-N-I-T dot com forward slash M-O-D-E-L for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. Also the MCT oil, emulsified MCT oils, Shroom Tech Sports, Shroom Tech Immune. These are things I use on a consistent basis, so check them out. And now let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Well, this one will touch your heart, too. This one just simply five stars for the Model Health Show. Love your show, Sean. Keep up the good work. Always topical, very informative, always on point. Your recent show covering autoimmune diseases really hit home. My son came down with juvenile dermomyositis. You could help me with that yeah, one, Sean. Dermomyositis. It's, it's okay. Uh-huh. It's good. When he was around 11 years old, it attacked his joints. It's covered under the rheumatology department. I recently found out. My son's aunt had another autoimmune disease, so I found out it could run in my family. Great show and funny, too. So continued success. So we must have been Thank you there. so much. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, it's always great to hear the stories and mm-hmm. how it's impacting you. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that uh, review. And everybody, thank you for heading over to iTunes and leaving these reviews. It means the world to us and it enables us to stay devoted and keep moving forward mm-hmm. to keep bringing you the best of the best people in the health and wellness space as well, as well as our masterclass show topics that we do. So keep it coming. And on that note, yes, yes. our special guest today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so excited. All right. Christiane Northrup, MD, board certified OBGYN, former assistant clinical professor of OBGYN at Maine Medical Center and New York Times bestselling author. She's a visionary pioneer and the foremost authority on everything that can go right with the female body. I love that. Everything that can go right. I appreciate her for that. (laughs) Dr. Northrup (laughs) is a leading proponent of medicine that acknowledges the unity of mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Internationally known for her empowering approach to women's health and wellness, she teaches women how to thrive at every stage of life. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, Dr. Christiane Northrup. How are you doing today, Christiane? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so honored to have you here. I've been checking you out, of course, watching a lot of your videos. You're just amazing. You're like... (laughs) You were walking, talking amazing, and I think you're such a refreshing voice and a powerful voice that all of us need to hear, not just women, but all of us need to hear from. Yeah, I think the feminine part of men, the, the, you're never going to meet a man 
who is stronger than a woman inside. Men are really sensitive. Mm. And so that part of men has been just as pulverized as uh, women have. Mm. And that's important to keep Mm. in mind. You're just going to come right out and say that. You're just going to say it, huh? Wow. I mean, she's so right. She's right. We are like Mr. Softy ice cream combs (laughs) inside. You know, like Mm -hmm. we have this very tough exterior. And of course, many of us are mentally tough. We have a lot of heart. But what what, what women can actually endure and what they the strength that internal strength is just out of this world and uh, you know having this conversation recently with dr john gray and talking about you know men are from mars women are from venus it's like a whole different planet you know that power but we all have both of these components Mm -hmm. you know whether we're talking about this feminine masculine but the hormone component testosterone estrogen and so your work is really focused on that but you've accomplished so much and you've helped so many people uh over the years and i'd love to know how all of this started for you What got you interested in the field of medicine in the first place? I grew up in a family with an aunt and uncle who were both medical doctors. My dad was their brother. He was the dentist. They made fun of him because he wasn't an MD, you know, medical deity. And um, (laughs) he would say that you could tell uh, the state of a person's Um, health by looking in their mouth. And he was very interested in health. We had an organic garden. We were on supplements. We got organic food from Walnut Acres. We were into Adele Davis. And meanwhile, you know, the family doc we had would drive up and whenever anyone was sick, everyone would get a shot of penicillin. But my dad knew about probiotics. My mother made yogurt for all of my dad's uh, patients who were on antibiotics. But the key thing was that I had two siblings, one of whom died when she was six months old. My mother had been given antibiotics the entire pregnancy for viral pneumonia. Kid was damaged from that, died at age six months. When my brother was born, he wouldn't eat. Uh, To this day, they don't know why. And the nurses, this would never happen today, said to my mother, get him out of here. They don't know what's going on because she'd watched my baby sister die in a pool of vomit when you couldn't even hold your baby in the intensive care unit. Mm. So they signed him out against medical advice and fed him every hour on the hour with a tube. My dad, as a dentist, could put down a nasogastric tube. And uh, my brother lived. They finally found a doctor at Women's Medical, the former Women's Medical in Philadelphia, who did pediatric endoscopy. They saw that he was going to erode the esophagus, and they took out the tube, and the doctor just said, let's wait and see what happens. After three days, he got hungry, and he drank some juice, and I remember my mother coming home, and he was eating a roll, and we all cried. Now, mm. I said to my parents, I'm going to go to medical school and find out why doctors don't talk to you. There's a lot that doctors don't know. There's a big missing piece, and... Uh, So I was, so I got brought up with organic food, all the health stuff, and then had early on experiences of the medical profession failing miserably. But remember, they're my aunt and uncle, so we're around the table at Thanksgiving. So these aren't the enemy. These are family. And then when I interviewed at med school, my dad signed out of the uh, cardiac intensive care unit. He had chest pain. When I got home, he's sitting up in the chair. Fluid two-thirds of the way up in his lung fields, reading The Godfather. He had called my mother. He said, Edna, come and get me. They don't know what's wrong with me. And they didn't. He had infectious pericarditis. He had not had a heart attack. So, during all my formative years, I was uh, seeing that medicine didn't have all the answers. 
And when I went to med school, I thought, well, I'm going in with an open mind. These are not saviors. There's a lot they can do, but let's just bring in the spiritual part because they're not talking about that. Oh, wow. That's yeah. And the thing is now at this point, seeing the impact of your work and having that open mind throughout all, because I didn't know that. I didn't know that your story had all of these pieces that put it together because a lot of times, you know, we just had another physician we just talked with and they go in and it's like, this is rule. This is, this is a mandate what you learn in medical school. And then something enlightening moment happens later. You know, usually that is the way with me. It was like I was already the horse was out of the barn before I went back to the barn. <laughs> so, a lot of people, too, they ask me, you know, this happens pretty frequently. Uh, you know, somebody on social media or whatever, they'll ask, like, you know, I'm, I'm in medical school right now or I'm thinking about going into such such program. What do you think I should do? And yours is a great story of like still take that path if you want to be of service and value in that capacity in medicine. But just make sure that you keep an open mind and you stay grounded in the principles that you know to be true. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's a great story. And um, you have something interesting, refreshing, and also much needed views on wellness and aging. One of your best selling books is titled Goddesses Never Age. <laughs> what do you mean yeah. by that? What I mean is that the eternal soul part of us is just that. It's eternal. It's ageless. And when you're around people of any age, you can feel their soul qualities. They have a kind of ageless quality. It really doesn't matter. And that's what I meant by that. When you've touched in to that eternal part of yourself. See, most of us isn't even in a body. We got a spirit that is connected to God, that is God coming through us as us. And when you're tapped into that, then you're plugged into the power source. If you think you're just human, then life is not so much fun. But when you know there's this Mm. eternal part of us, then life becomes a very different thing. So you you stop being influenced by so-called cultural portals. So here's a cultural portal. I'm in having my hair done and my hairdresser was 29 and her friends all say to her, what are you going to do next year? You know, like, whoa, the big 3-0 is like that means anything. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, the retirement age of 65. That was chosen by Otto von Bismarck in Germany in 1880 so that the pensioners could have a little rest before they died. At that time, the life expectancy was 18 months after age 65. It's now 24 years. So when people associate age 65 with retirement, meaning no longer useful, then there is a tendency to internalize that and teach your biology that that means you're irrelevant. When in fact, many people are just getting started in their 60s. See, growing older, in the words of Mario Martinez, is the opportunity to increase your value and competence. We got a a guy here in Portland, Maine, who runs Gateway Studio, Bob Ludwig. I don't know how many Grammys this guy has got, but he's well over 60, and he's got a golden ear, which just gets better. (laughs) Wow, that's so powerful. Yes, it is. And it's it's really already kind of turning on its head. I think this really boils down to our beliefs about aging, you know? It, it, It really does. Beliefs are actually 
more powerful than our genes. And uh, if you look at the scientific um, backing of this, Ellen Langer at Harvard back in 94 did a very famous study. She took a bunch of guys uh, and for 10 days, I think it was 10 days, she had one group go to a monastery where they're just away from people. The other control group went somewhere too. But the group that went away lived as though they were in their prime. So this was men 70 and on up. They measured their hearing, their eyesight. They took pictures, um, their lung capacity, cardiac output, hearing, eyesight, all of it. They measured all of it. For seven to 10 days, they lived as though they were in their prime. Time magazine from their prime. TV shows from their prime. And they had to act like right now they were in their prime. They then repeated all the tests. Everyone's hearing, eyesight, cardiac output, lung capacity. It all improved just from living as if. And they all looked 10 years younger. And if you talk to Ellen Langer about that, she said... Um, a game of touch football broke out in the backyard. Now, here's what happened, though. When their families came to get them, then the game was off. Oh, yeah, okay, Dad, you know, you're old. Let me carry your suitcase. So here's a bunch of guys Mm. that got vital and they got younger. They go back into their environment and they're treated like they're old. And then they start acting like it. And at our medical center in the psych department, they actually had a dictum that anyone over 65 needed to be taken care of by the senior team, which means when you started to walk down the hall, someone would come and take your arm. Now talk about priming for decrepitude. Right. Yeah, that's our problem. Oh, my but goodness. But it's also the solution. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Especially and- with the fact that that was based on and right. very outdated right. and ancient idea. Right, even the idea, right. 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 This is somebody just made it up, right. guys. Yeah. It's 65, it's... That's it. And even this whole concept of retirement, it's like, what are you trying to get away from? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what is your life really about? I don't ever want to retire. Right. Because sounds no, like, and you never will, and I never will either. I mean, because I feel like uh, every year gets better. I always feel like the best years of my life are all ahead. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just how I feel. What how a way wonderful. to think. And the way that you compose yourself and how you express yourself in the world, it shows that. Yes. You know, I think it, and it's true for all of us and for everybody listening. You can hear that come across in the way that in the way that we speak. You know, there's so much opportunity and beauty and possibility. And as soon as you start to cut that away, like... You know, at this point, you know, it's just going to be it's downhill from here. Get your sleds. (laughs) You know, it's like it's a wrap. Just we have to change our thinking and our association with Mm -hmm. because, of course, we will grow older. We will age. We will move down that timeline. But the expression of that has this infinite capacity. Um, You know, something that's kind of coming to mind are all of these long lived cultures. And sometimes you go to these spots and you find people who are over 100 years old and they they look and they're functioning and their their the mental acuity are all that of people many decades younger decades. than them. All right. Decades, yes. Yes. right? Yes. And that's what's possible because I don't just want to live a long life. Right. I want to live a long life and still be able to get busy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, that, 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 that is exactly right. And uh, <laughs> In Dr. Mario Martinez right. studied about 500 healthy centenarians all over the world on every continent. And he said they all have the same things in common. They practice the causes of health. Yes. That is elevated 
um, cognition, um, righteous anger, believe it or not, and focusing on the positive. Um, So it's very exciting to see these are the causes of health. Righteous anger is this. When you see someone else's innocence being threatened or your own innocence is being threatened, you say something. The immune system actually uh, registers this. So let's say that you see a waitress being abused at a restaurant. When you stand up and say something, your immunity improves. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, at, at, that's the place where we're all one. Yes. You know, where, where we, each of us, co-authors another person's biology, which is why you really don't want to be around the naysayers too much, because we do co-author each other's biology. So another thing uh, Martinez recommends is don't state your age. So I tell people, get to age 33, the year when Christ died, that's a spiritual mastery path number, it's symbolic, and just stop there. How old are you? 33. Or you can say, my wisdom age is 450, my biologic age is 35, because there's a huge difference between biologic age and chronologic age. You've all seen 35-year-olds going on 90 and 90-year-olds going on 25. Yes, definitely. I have definitely seen that time and time and time again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the righteous anger, I'm glad that you kind of broke down what that is, because as soon as you said it, it's like, that hit something in me because it was one of the things that we've been talking about. We actually had uh, Dr. Susan David on recently and talking about emotional agility and yeah. how all of our emotions are valuable, but some of them are in our society. They're viewed to be things you need to suppress. Mm-hmm. You should not be angry, you know, but there are times and places where all of these there, that's why they're within you to be used in an advantageous way to move yeah. ourselves forward and us as a people as well. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, the other one, exalted emotions. That's a cause of health. Exalted emotions. So, things to feel celebratory about. And that could be a sunset. It could be looking at a flower. I just had an orchid that opened up on my uh, windowsill that I didn't expect that thing to come up back till the spring. Mm -hmm. It just decided it was coming back. And that makes me really happy. So I spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. noticing the things that really make me happy. And like you said, though, righteous anger is where you're not sitting around pounding your fist about who's doing what. You're actually getting involved and doing something. So, for example, I had a friend uh, who had been a POW in Vietnam, went out to Standing Rock with the veterans, and he raised money so that they could do tents and they could have all this kind of thing. Just watching Greg go out there and stand protecting the water keepers just made me happy. So there's that righteous, wait a minute, this is wrong, but let's do the right thing without bashing someone else. Yeah, I love that. That's, Mm. that brings to to, to mind, this word is very important for me, grace, and kind of tapping into that. And I want to share this really quickly for everybody, because there's a really interesting political climate that's happening and there's a lot of things that are going on. Social media allows us to see many of these things we that would have been behind closed doors a long time ago. But even today, there are things that are kind of brought to the forefront. Then there are the bigger issues. And if you feel right now that you've been um, misled, displaced, 
uh, you feel disempowered, this is your opportunity to do something about it. You have more than just one vote. You, you have your entire it. life. You have your entire life energy to dedicate to doing something about whatever it is that you want to support. And that is what this is calling out right now in this time in human history is to step up because these n- things that you might view as negative are there to develop these qualities, these capacities that you have within you that you've been sitting on and you have the capacity to do something about it and to change our world for the better. Should you say yes to what's within you? That's right. That's why I say, who won the election? And my answer is, you did. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to clap. I'm going to clap. I'm lit. Got to clap that up. So amazing. Awesome. So we covered exalted emotions, righteous anger. So, And I love that you said this statement that goddesses understand the causes of health. Goddesses yeah. understand the causes of health. Mm. Why did you frame it like that instead of the negative way that we usually hear? Uh, because... I know that in order to stay well, we have to practice the causes of health. What does our medical system tell us, right? I remember being 11 years old, swinging on the swing under the apple tree and hearing about the seven warning signs of cancer, right? A cut that doesn't heal. And I was picking on a bug bite. And I remember thinking, well, this thing doesn't heal. Well, of course not. You're picking on it all the time. And you begin to realize that everything about our current, what we call conventional healthcare system is designed to just cause fear. That is, it's based on fear. Oh my God, you're going to get this. You need an injection. You're going to get that. You're going to, in fact, here's the truth. Heart disease, for instance, the number one killer of everybody, begins in childhood. I mean, we've got the Bogalusa heart study that was done, and they found fatty streaks in the arteries of children. So we don't start to think about these things until we're about 40, maybe 50. But we think that the the cure for uh, breast, that breast health is created by mammograms, smashing your boobs in an x-ray machine once a year. We think that prostate health is created by getting a PSA. This is disease screening. This is not creating health. And we're doing um, a world of hurt by screening for all these diseases because screening is not benign. We used to think it was the answer, you know, early diagnosis. It's not the answer. There's a big fallout from that. So people think oh, I got a clean bill of health, the more tests, the better. This is not true. Because once you understand the testing, unless it's smart testing, like your insulin levels, Mm -hmm. like what Mark Hyman talks about, that's smart testing. But the other stuff, uh, like getting a lipid profile so that some dude can tell you if your cholesterol is over 200, you need a statin drug. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, (laughs) uh-uh. Yeah, that's that's misconstrued Mm -hmm. information. Also, I I want you to talk about this, that these screenings are not benign. I do not want to glance over this. So let's talk about that, the the screening for uh, breast cancer. Okay, the problem with that, and this is highly controversial, is that the new high-resolution mammograms are picking up in many cases, ductal carcinoma in situ. And there's a whole group at the National Cancer Institute that say we need to change that name to idle, indolent lesions of indeterminate significance, because ductal carcinoma in situ is not cancer. But when you hear the word, you think, oh my God, I've got cancer. So I've met women who've had bilateral mastectomies because they went in and they were found to have this. Now, autopsy studies of women who died in their 40s, just of car accidents, 
have found that 40% of us, if you've sectioned the breast, have ductal carcinoma in situ. Just like with men, the majority of men will have a little tiny bit of early prostate cancer. We're creating cancer every day in our bodies. Most of the time, it never goes anywhere. It is what Dr. Welsh calls things we will die with, but never die from. Mm -hmm. So the minute you get a biopsy and someone tells you something with the word carcinoma in it, you have dug your grave, you've built your coffin, you're scared to death. And there's an awful lot of women who've been through that And you can learn to trust your body. There are those that I work with, medical intuitives, who say ductal carcinoma in situ is nothing but a viral infection. That's why I recommend thermography screening. I don't, you know, there's a place for mammograms, but thermography will tell you the blood flow and the heat in your breasts. And you get, let's say you get a slightly off thermogram. You change your diet, you take some supplements, you eat a lot of broccoli, you go back three months later, the heat is gone. That's what I call the right kind of test. It's functional. Just like guys with early prostate cancer, we know 90% of prostate cancer never invades through the capsule. So there's a thing called active surveillance. And the guys who do that versus the prostatectomy... Because any guy who has his prostate out, 50% of them never have an erection again. 50% of them have urinary function problems. You know, so then the guy goes, oh, God, they got it all. My life's been saved. Yeah, but the quality of your life just went down the tubes. And there's probably other things you could have done. That's what I want people to know before they rush in. Yeah, I'm so glad to... Ah, you're the best. So there's a couple of things here. I just want to, and I've, I've done this. I, I've worked with these people. I've spoken to these groups. You know, I, I did a talk uh, a couple years ago for men who were survivors of prostate cancer. And this, ah. you can see it on their faces. You know, the individuals who are no longer functioning. Uh, they're kind of like wounded animals, you know. Well, think and, about it. What is an erection? It is a man's connection to life force. It's his power. Plus, uh, you know, Dr. Oz's famous quote, the penis is the dipstick of men's health. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to clap for that one, too. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to keep the guys healthy because there's a real direct connection between the heart and the erection. And we want that healthy. There's way too many guys in their 40s and 50s, actually now, because of porn, way too many guys in their 20s who can't get a normal erection because they've done so much porn that the dopamine receptors are all off in their, in their uh, brains. That's a problem, not to mention the fact that uh, their intimate life is kind of off yeah. <laughs> because of the porn. <laughs> Yeah. Another uh, story. No, th- there's there's so many gotta, valuable yeah. pieces here, you know, so it's these it's this overstimulation with this kind of weird um yeah. uh, reality and then there's also uh obviously our the health component that we're talking about today, but these elevated PSA numbers for example, when we, when you brought that up a minute ago, there's yeah. so many I mean I've seen this where individuals end up having unnecessary surgeries because of elevated PSA. And oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy who invented the the, uh, the thing said he thought it was one of the worst things he ever perpetrated yep, on public yep. health. And, um, you know, one of my urologist friends calls it the patient-stimulating anxiety test. Ah, so. right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you can have an elevated uh, PSA just from riding a bike 
right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like there's so many different things, and then you go in, and then you said it. Screening is not benign. Once you start getting in there and manipulating, got it. sticking things in there, sticking needles, all this stuff, you're creating more. Your, your body does not want to be violated. You know, you're creating potential, you know, scar tissue, blockages. Things can go wrong. This is not something you just go and do because it's a popular idea. Like, what is the, what I want people to point at, and if anybody is interested in looking more into this topic or you have, uh, even if this is like pushing up against one of your belief systems and you're feeling, you know, there's some discomfort here, look at the research and how effective it is. How yeah, that's, effective. That's the main thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's two sides to every coin. Also, if you, if everyone knew, and I, I want them to know this, the number of doctors within just a regular medical system who disagree on treatment, that's just in the conventional right. world. We're not talking about the 2,000 uh, cases on PubMed of spontaneous remission right. from terminal cancer. I want to look at those people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, not to mention how many times have we seen, like, for the example, the person who invented the PSA test that they've come back and said, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have made a, a terrible mistake, even though I was well-meaning. But then I, th- I think when you say we're doing we may do things because of how popular it is, we we do mean well. But again, she she said medical deity. Mm-hmm. Our physicians have been held in this place of of all knowing and omnipotence. Right. Um, and their capacity to help us because of the understanding of mm-hmm. how things work. And I think that that's where we've been at such a disadvantage is because that lack of knowledge. Yeah. That's it. And you have, here's what I like to say. You have, they have a body of knowledge. You have the knowledge of your body. <laughs> the two together make a lovely partnership, but you can't give over your power to the doctor. Now, I recently had to actually go and have a physical because of life insurance. I hadn't been in years <laughs> because I know what you get out of a routine annual physical, which is pretty much nothing. And <laughs> But the insurance company had me go and I thought, oh my God, if I didn't know what I know, yeah. I would be having a mammogram. I would be, yep. you know, being put on lip. Oh my God. And I knew what to ask, but still, see, when you're there, you're in a mindset yeah that's a herd mindset it's a tribal mindset and dr martinez points out all tribes wound their members in one of three ways shame abandonment betrayal so let's say you go in there and you don't want a mammogram oh my gosh you can be dismissed from the practice if you don't do this or let's say you want to delay the immunizations with your children like you just want look let's do measles once let's do mumps a year later let's do rubella because we know it's safer the movie vaxxed the documentary talks all about that and the fact that the cdc hid that data from people but if you just even question it it's like you're in catholic school and you're age seven and you ask if Adam and Eve were the first people, how come they had belly buttons? And then the nun hangs <laughs> <banged> your hand. <laughs> you got to You got to ask these things, you know. Yeah. I love that. And just that that's a really just, just a deep call for us to question. You know, I think that that curiosity is a gift. You know, Einstein was a, somebody who's a big proponent of curiosity and imagination being like a superpower, really, you know, he said that uh, our imagination is more important than our knowledge, 
you know, yes. other than intelligence, right? And the imagination is more important than our intelligence. And um, it's because of our ability to think outside of circumstances. And I think there's also another big part, and you, of course, cover this in your book, and how uh, seek and ye shall find, you know, what if you're looking for something, you're constantly looking for a problem, I promise you, you're far more likely to find that, that problem. You got it. And that's what medicine does. It is, uh, you know, we better, uh, we didn't find it with this test, we better go with another because yes. the onus is on the doctor to find it. And I've been sued as a doctor. It's a terrible, terrible experience. So I have tremendous compassion in today's litigious world. Doctors are told, you got to find it. The number one lawsuit for a doctor is failure to diagnose breast cancer. So there's a problem. Yeah, definitely. It's the way that the system is set up because as we go back to this understanding that we all, you know, we continuously love to share this is that, uh, you know, our physicians are some of the most incredible, brightest minds and and gifted individuals on the planet who uh, most of them got into the field to be of service and to save that lives. That is correct. But the way that the system yep. is set up, it, it's, put in, it's, it's put together in such a way that it is a very profound um, uh, manipulation and money, just mm-hmm. kind of like a pirating scheme. You know, it's like it's so built on the bottom line. It's so built on keeping the physician's hands tied from them making the decisions that they might even want to make. Because of very true, yeah, very true, yeah, absolutely. Um, we know that in 1920, John D. Rockefeller uh, actually created pharmaceuticals using uh, petroleum-based pharmaceuticals, and then sim- uh, simultaneously and systematically cl- closed down the homeopathic medical schools, yep. the naturopathic medical schools, the women's medical schools, and that's called conventional medicine. Traditional mm-hmm. medicine has always used herbs and and so on. We're getting back to that. Yeah, it's it's so funny, you know, it's like things coming full circle. You know, I I truly feel we are going uh, transitioning out of the dark ages of medicine at this point because and Mark Hyman was actually the the, one of the first people where I didn't know that that was a thing, that there was a, 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 a medical doctor who had this understanding of integrative medicine and holistic medicine. Like he changed my paradigm. This was like, I don't know, 12 years ago or whatever, like, oh, this exists, you know, and there's this huge wave, this powerful, and you're one of those people, which is why I'm so grateful to have you here, who's, <laughs> who's, who's, who's moving this into the public awareness. But we have to understand, we have to understand there are tens of thousands of people being trained right now on how to do chemotherapy, mm-hmm. right? To become- Yeah, it's a in, big money maker, yes, huge money maker. And to become yeah. skilled at this, so we'll just call it a very kind of stone age, hidden rocks together approach to trying to destroy cancer. Like to see how, if you can outlast this treatment, Right. That's See if exactly it's going to beat right. the cancer it's or beat ex- you. Ex- exactly Ooh. right. And uh, most people, it's driven by fear. And, um, you know, there's so many more people that just die of the chemo. They die of the chemo and the radiation. They die of the treatment. Yeah. We've done entire episodes dedicated to this. So we'll put them in the show notes. Oh, good. Good, but good. this mm-hmm. this topic cannot be stated enough because there are, again, tens of thousands learning to do but and again, we teach smart people how to do the wrong thing. They become world class at doing the wrong thing. So we need to really keep pressing into public consciousness by this this platform right here, and with the work that um, Dr. Northrop is doing, and everybody listening, you taking action as well to make sure that it's permeating into your family's lives. We have to understand conventional medicine has its place for sure. Chemotherapy even has value at some point, but that's not what we want to jump to because as she indicated already, you can get diagnosed with stage zero cancer. Yeah. 
All right. It's a thing. Stage zero cancer. And then you have preventative <laughs> surgery. You have all of these negative things come off of that. And you're okay. You're already okay. But now you're not mm-hmm. because That's of that decision. It. That's it. Not benign. Screening is not benign. So what you have to go back to is you connect with the ageless, all-knowing part of yourself. You realize that there's a big part of you that's not even human, but you are a human. You're a spiritual being in a human body, and you can ask that part for health, and you can do it however it works for you. Prayer, meditation, um, calling on the angels. You get to decide because everyone's different in that regard. But, man, then you're really cooking with gas. Uh, I love that. <laughs> well, so next up, we're going to talk about uh, what you call the number one hormone that we need to be concerned about. But we're going to do that right after this quick break. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, with all of the things that we're exposed to today, the environmental toxicity, the weird stuff showing up in our food supply, we've got to do things to really support our immune system. Our immune system is really running the show on so many different levels to keep us healthy. And one of the most powerful things for supporting a healthy immune system is making sure that we're getting in some immunomodulators. So what does that mean? These are substances that can help to elevate our immune system in response to things that might be trying to creep their way into our body, into our cells, and defend us against those things. But it can also bring the immune system back down, calm it down if things are running too hot, aka we're dealing with some autoimmunity. We need things that are intelligent. Many drugs out there that are pushed through pharmaceutical companies, though they mean well, they push your immune system in one direction, and that can really mess things up on the back end, you know, leading to AKA side effects. So to avoid that, getting some natural immunoregulators are gonna be a powerful thing you add into your life. How I do that, and it's been a consistent basis pretty much every single day. For the past three months now, I've been using every day, and even had it this morning, the incredible mushroom elixirs from Four Sigmatic. So head over to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. So that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G, M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash model and you're going to get 10% off all of these amazing superfood elixirs. My favorite is the chaga and chaga has been clinically shown to increase your NK cell activity so your natural killer cells over 300%. It's also the most powerful antioxidant that we've ever seen in the history of humanity that humans actually consume. Powerful antioxidant, powerful anti-cancer, powerful immune system regulator. So that's what I use in the morning. I'll get some chaga and sometimes I'll have it straight or I'll blend it with some hot water, some healthy fat. So this could be some ghee. This could be some grass-fed butter. This could be some coconut oil, some MCT oil, things like that. A little bit of cinnamon, maybe some other fun medicinal herbs you can throw in there. But this has been the daily thing that I've done for the past few months. And I highly recommend you start doing the same thing. They also have the mushroom coffees. And my wife is a big fan of these. And so the mushroom coffee mix has cordyceps and chaga in there. And today she ran out. She was like, where's my where's my coffee? You know, she's not even ever since we've been together. She hasn't been a coffee drinker, but this has been her daily thing. She loves the way it makes her feel. And she doesn't get some weird kind of caffeine spike and crash as well. So head over and check them out. Foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 10% off. Now back to the show. And we are back. Today we are talking with, and oh my goodness, just having an amazing time <laughs> with Dr. Christiane Northrup. And before the break, I brought up this important topic. Hormones, for me, it's like it's the whole deal. It's like really how you're experiencing reality. This is how you feel. 
you know, is really based on your hormones. The expression of your your appearance, it's influencing everything, these chemical messengers that communicate information between all the cells in your body. So you say that as we age and experience things like andropause, menopause, the number one hormone to be concerned about is not estrogen or progesterone or even testosterone, but cortisol. Uh, Why is that? Uh, cortisol is the stress hormone. Actually, you know, if I were going to revise that, I would say the number one hormone is insulin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's a huge connection, as you know, between... Look, you've, you've seen people on steroids like prednisone where you notice they blow up like a balloon or if someone is even on a nasal inhaler of uh, of prednisone cortisone for uh, allergic stuff they blow up like a balloon it actually creates carbohydrate cravings like suddenly you Mm. can't get enough pop tarts Mm -hmm. and it is because that cortisol is a fight or flight hormone produced by the adrenals and it's produced there's just enough so that you can run for about 15 minutes to get away from the stress. Now, we now have the kind of, that was back in the day when we lived in caves. We haven't evolved that much. But now, you listen to the news, uh, you're talking about the election, people feeling powerless. So there's this constant increase in cortisol. Then what do you do? You go eat junk foods which raise your blood sugar, raise your insulin, and for a little bit, you get a hit of um, their opiates. As Mark Hyman says, sugar is more addictive than heroin. And so that's a vicious cycle. More cortisol, more cookies or chips or whatever. And that is what's le- what leads to all the hormone problems because when insulin is high, it literally changes the way the sex steroids are metabolized. Yes. And, oh. uh, you know, and l- there's another one. I got to bring this up because, you know, I think we just passed some kind of law to legalize recreational marijuana in the state that I live in. The problem with... Uh, using too much marijuana is it estrogenizes men. It creates uh, what's called gynecomastia, which is man boobs. And the other thing that it does, if you use it too much, is it decreases your drive, your ability to get up and do something. It's like, you know, you feel like, all right, you, you want to go get something done, your volition is up, oh God, I better smoke a joint till that goes away. So things like Uh, that kind of drug, alcohol, and sugar, over time, mess up your hormones worse than anything else. That's so interesting. And, you know, of course, people ask me about this uh, pretty frequently as as my co-host has the Bob Marley shirt on over here. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's, understand, this is, it's a... It's a stronger estrogenic compound, and so for, and that's why it kind yeah. of e- mellows you out, that kind of thing, and it's it's interesting because so many people who are addicted don't really know that they're addicted, mm-hmm. and it's that's because right. it's such a subtle, slow process in how it hooks you, because it feels good to feel more grounded, and that estrogen compound, estrogen is something that makes you feel more grounded, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And But that other side, the testosterone is that get up and go and make things happen in the world. And so we need to be more aware and conscientious of our use of any of these things because, mm-hmm. of course, it's been used for a long time. There are medicines. There's all these different uses. Mm-hmm. But it's that quality of having this substance 
impacts your hormones that you need to be aware of so that you can make an educated choice for yourself. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, I saw a powerful video of a a man with extreme symptoms from Parkinson's, and they were advocating that by smoking medicinal marijuana, that it eased him and calmed him and gave him a, a point of control that would help him. But then in hearing you say that, with the counter effects be this a, is, a problem. We're, we're talking about for treatment. I see you're going to say something, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is for treatment of a disease, not yeah. for treatment of life. Sure. Oh, say. Exactly. I'm talking about recreational. Another thing I want people to uh, mm-hmm. understand is that the plant itself is parasiting your life force. Woo. Keep that in mind. You know, we got bittersweet out here in my state that eats up the evergreen trees. Well, the marijuana plant spirit is actually using your life force. It's a parasite. Keep that in mind. You you want that plant parasiting your life force? I don't. No, <laughs> I don't. And Jay just gave yeah. me these brownies over here. I don't know They're what's in them. What are you trying to? <laughs> you trying to parasite me? They've So, again, everything, I just want everybody to keep things in perspective, to question everything, to make choices based on your your life experience, Mm -hmm. your life purpose, Mm -hmm. uh, what you know to be true about reality. And uh, with the awareness of, again, you need to question everything because what's working for you now might not work, you know, 10 years from now or even next week for that matter, you know, tomorrow. So everything has its place and... Uh, I just want to throw one other thing in here Uh, with this particular plant medicine is that the way that you interact with it matters as well. You know, maybe this plant doesn't like to be smoked. Maybe it, you know what I'm saying? So this is something you have to keep in mind and the extraction method, like same thing with the medicinal mushrooms. Yes. You know, it's the extraction method is going to determine the effects Mm -hmm. that you get from it. Mm -hmm. So now uh, let's move on and talk about uh, what you call, you, you say this in the book that goddesses savor the pleasure of food. I thought that was beautiful. Goddess, goddesses savor mm-hmm. the pleasure of food. Would you talk about that for us? Yes. When you, okay, we are hardwired for pleasure. We are hardwired for pleasure. And yes. if you do not consciously uh, have a lifestyle that includes pleasure, you are going to get it one way or another. So the way you get it healthfully is you sit down to a meal, you pray over your food, you give thanks for all the farmers, all the animals, all the everyone who touched it, and then you enjoy it. So you're actually having the experience of bringing in nourishment, breaking bread together, even if you're gluten-free and you don't do bread. That Just use that as a, a metaphor. Yeah. Very, very important versus our current culture, which is do a drive-through, grab and go. Mm. The body never registers, oh, I've been fed. So you'll find that, uh, and there's so many things, excitotoxins like aspartame, that mess up our ability to really appreciate food. Here's a little exercise. For two weeks, stay away from any added sugar and any artificial sweetener, including stevia. Now, stevia is natural, and it's my sweetener of choice, but just stay away for two weeks. Eat only regular whole food. Watch your taste buds change. The cells in your body turn over every single one of them every seven years, so you're never really older than seven. (laughs) But your taste buds, you know how you bite your inside of your mouth? That buccal mucosa heals very fast, so your taste buds turn over very fast. Mm. If you give yourself two weeks... You will find 
that the sweetness of an apple knocks you out. So you want to retrain yourself to really savor good food. And to do that, you have to do a cleanse, a detox from the MSG, from all the food additives, from all of the dyes, all of, I mean, I can't think of a worse food than a blue slushy that you would get at a convenience store, right? It's just loaded with all the worst possible stuff. So anyway, do a cleanse where you're just on whole foods. Just, just try it. Just give it a try, and uh, I think you'll be, you'll be shocked if you just eat real foods. Yeah. And then, of course, you know the usual. Just go on the outside of the grocery store. Don't do anything in the middle there. That's where all the danger is. Just the outside where the real food is. This is so interesting yeah. because this is my firsthand experience, and this is when you truly know something is when you experience it yourself. Um, yeah. This is a little fun fact. I've shared this a couple of times on the show. But this man standing here before you, this is a true story. I did not eat a salad until I was 25 years old. It was the first time that I put a salad leaves into my mouth. And you would think, again, you know, but I was dealing with chronic illness prior to that. You know, and I was diagnosed when I was 20 with degenerative bone disease. And I was breaking down because of my eating habits. But, of course, you know, my physician at the time told me that there was nothing I could do about it. Mm -hmm. And that this is just something that happens. But one of the big catalysts, so one of the things I started to do early on when I made this transformation was I was getting those foods, sneaking them in, right? I would blend them in the stuff, mix them in. Yeah. So I'd sneak yeah. these things in. But when I was finally able to sit down and eat a salad was after doing a structured cleanse or fast. And this was, you know, 13 years ago. Um, so I did this structured kind of just juicing, lots of, you know, vegetable juicing, that kind of thing. So when I sat down, my first meal was a salad and I made this determination like because last time I tried to eat a salad, I, I went to the trash can and just like it came up. Right. <laughs> so it was just like it's too gross to me. It's like, why would I do this? I'm like going outside gnawing on grass is how my mentality was built. Um, but anyway, so I sat in the sal- with this salad in the back of Whole Foods by myself and I took a bite and it yep. was like the best thing I'd ever eaten in my life. And I'm just like, oh, my yes. God. But my brain was telling me, though, because this was like everything else. But my brain was saying, you know what, bro? The next bite, you're going to barf for sure. Like, it's not, <laughs> it can't be that good. The next bite I, I took and it continued to be amazing. I ate that entire salad, walked out of Whole Foods. I, some random passerby, I was like, hey, I just ate a salad. Right, you know, right. I told them. And they looked at me like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm just kind of like skipping you. out, whatever. But broccoli, you know, like any, all these, like you said, an apple, it tasted. Mm-hmm. I finally tapped back into this important quality that I want everybody to feel and experience is I appreciated my food. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. Huge. That's huge. Yeah. And then the food, I just learned this. This is the coolest thing. When you have a vegetable garden or if you're even around a living plant and that plant knows you're going to eat it, the plant actually begins to produce substances that help you fight disease. They've wow. discovered this. Oh. Hey, That's you so know what? Perfect. This reminds me of the study by hey. the, the the FBI. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. The um, and he he was doing the um, lie detector, uh-huh. you know. And so he would hook up his plants. Actually, he just did a random yes. thing, right? You so you know about this stuff. This is well yeah. documented. There's even film that that shows this that plants literally. It's just sounding crazy right now because I'd love to be able to pull up the studies and to talk about this. But and I'll put yeah, in the show notes, guys. Do. I'll Secret put the life video. Of plants. The yep. Secret Life of Plants. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you yep. could. Yeah, you could talk about it. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. A plant. Let me tell you something even odder. 
when they take cells out of your cheek, this is called the buccal mucosa, that's how they do the DNA testing. They just take a swab out of your cheek and you have something happen to you here. And let's say they took your cells to India. Your cells in India will register whatever's happening to you here. Yeah. Same with the plant. Yeah. Like if you take a cutting from a plant, like a philodendron, and then do something here to that plant, the cutting of the plant will react. That's the quantum field. That's how we're all connected. And that's exciting Mm -hmm. because no matter what's happening, you upgrade your vibration, you help everybody. You know what? I'm so glad that you brought this up is when we talk about the quantum phenomenon, we look at quantum physics and we look at how, you know, things like string theory and just how we're all literally connected and how you are connected to you. So there were even studies done similarly, just like this one done by the U.S. military and taking samples, you know, from people's you know, DNA and seeing, you know, they'll, they'll close the DNA off and they'll see that their DNA will react differently. Well, first of all, here's another one. So they take the DNA and they put this into a vacuum mm-hmm. where there shouldn't be anything in the vacuum, but right, they found right. that there were these small particles of, of light, these photons, these biophotons. Yes. And what was yes, so interesting yes. is that when the human a- DNA was put into this vacuum along with, you know, this just random biophotons, all of them conformed to the DNA, all of them binded to the DNA as soon as they sealed it off. They all binded to the DNA. So that tells us that human DNA impacts the biophotons in our environment. Mm-hmm. We literally Ooh. impact and change our environment based on the way that we feel, the way that we uh, operate in the world, our thoughts. And so mm-hmm. what's so crazy is they thought that when they took the DNA out, that the biophotons would go back to their random kind of scattered form. But that didn't happen when they took the DNA out. The biophotons stayed in the form of that human DNA. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, see, that's Pop. why I remember mm. when I said we co-author yes. each other's yes. biology. That's right. That's it's, right. it's not kidding. But just remember that someone who's connected, right, who's connected to their light Ooh. is way more powerful than someone who's connected to their darkness. Oh, and so since we're just going to keep dropping these knowledge bombs, let's go, <laughs> go ahead and share. <laughs> so what was found, and I believe, I don't, I don't know if this was Max, Max Planck. I don't think it was. But anyways, um, and I'll put this in show notes as well, that human DNA is actually over 90% biophotons. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's 90% light. So you are made of yeah. light. I am light. This is freaky stuff yeah. right now because it's like, you, I look at you, I see you, you're kind of glowing, right? I but am. you're are you are you that you know and it's something again we get so solid and like hard in our thinking in our definitions of reality but it's just so much more than you can even imagine and fathom and this is why i love having this conversation because it starts to open your mind to the bigger picture and what's really here so uh, you had something you want to i did i did so. so we're big proponents of nutritious movement here getting plenty of nutritious movement and you also say that goddesses move joyously Can you give a little more insight about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, the fascia is the connective tissue of your body. It can't be seen on x-ray. It can't be seen on MRI. But it is the thing that connects the soles of your feet to the top of your head. And you know when your feet hurt, everything hurts, right? (laughs) When you move... When you move, you are, this, uh, the fascia is a secondary nervous system. And when you move, you're sending messages throughout your entire body. Moving joyfully is what you were designed to do. Look at a two-year-old. Can you even keep up with them? No, (laughs) because they're still moving joyfully. 
all adults need to learn how to move joyfully. You want to know how to decrease your chance of dementia by 70%? Wow. Learn partner dancing. That's the data. It's amazing. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> like, can I have this dance? That's right. That's right. That's so powerful. I love that. So this is a really powerful insight because our bodies, this is really how we kind of move through the world, our vehicle for experiencing all this good stuff. And I really feel that the law is you use it or lose it, you know, and I experienced this firsthand, you know, not using my body because of a diagnosis. And I saw atrophy everywhere, not just the bone, you know, so being proactive about using your body in a joyful way. And I, I've got a five-year-old in my house, so I get to watch <laughs> this kid. Like this morning, he went to get something from his room to show me. He didn't walk. He, <laughs> no. he ran. He galloped. He trotted, uh-huh. you know, I like a skip. Yes, he skips. <laughs> he, he can't help it. And it's so beautiful. And I model that, mm-hmm. you know, I model that behavior in him. If I'm ever feeling like I'm not getting like a good kind of like nutritious movement in, I'll just do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good fun idea. to do, you know, to just follow him around or him follow me around. And we can be that model for our kids, too. And I'm so happy that you that you have this uh, insight and that you brought this up, Jade, as well, because it's an important part of our expression as well for our genetic expression mm-hmm. is that is that um, that that joyful movement. Right. Yeah, besides, we all know sitting is the new smoking. (laughs) So sitting all day long is the the fastest way to really get old too young. (laughs) How about that? This is so great. And so this is one of your best-selling books, but uh, you've got a new book, a brand new book coming out called Making Life Easy. So can you share what this book is all about and what what inspired you to write it? Oh, you know, this book is what I really believe. This is like this stuff, you know, that I kind of kept hidden all these years. It's my uh, understanding that a good astrologic chart reading is the chart for your soul's journey here on Earth. Uh, It's how to connect with the divine part of yourself through divine love petitions. It is really the owner's manual for how you bring spirit into matter, heaven, down to earth. That's what this book is about. And it's uh, the stuff I've always known, always believed, but, you know, I was really trying to fit in when I was actively working in the hospital and all of that. And, you know, back in the day, I couldn't talk to a woman with breast cancer about nutrition, mm-hmm. let alone yep. suggest that divine love could heal. <laughs> right. So, oh my goodness. That's what this book's about. Yeah. Uh, it's so, <laughs> Jay's like, I love her. Please this ask is her so, about divine love. This is so valuable and in such yeah. an important um, aspect that's often left out of the conversation is our beliefs and how how connected we are to all of life to what generated all of this stuff in the first place and to to think that this is it doesn't have a place at the table when it is the table you know it's it's a it's a really grave mistake for us and the more that we can get connected to these things and there's even and so the thing is with our logical minds today we need science to prove everything you know and some yeah, things just right yeah, yeah some things like, just oh can't be God, proved where are the studies you know but <laughs> there's also there are books if you want to check out you know um like greg braden's work for example he's oh, got yeah. a lot of great oh, yeah. information about this and just kind of the you know the the, divi- the divine matrix you know and uh, you can look at how there's there's evidence for these things built into our dna you know just me even talking about how we're light you know, but um, and the science as well, like astrology. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm curious, this isn't something that I know much about, but was it Socrates or 
Hippocrates. Hippocrates, Hippocrates the yeah. medicine, was a skilled astrologer. So was Carl Jung. Uh, Carl Jung with right. the archetypes. All those archetypes are astrological. He had an astrologic chart on every single one of his patients. There's a whole field called medical astrology. Um Pisces rules the feet, Aries rules the head. Uh, if you have any Aries friends, Aries sun, they're into hats and sunglasses. Aries rules the head. It's, it's, once you get into it, you realize, wait a minute, everyone should know this. I'm not talking about the sun sign astrology in a newspaper. That's a parlor game. I'm talking about the true science of astrology. There's all different kinds. And there's some things that everyone should know. Saturn return, age 27, 28, when all the rock stars have off themselves, because that Saturn return means, hey, kid, time to be an adult. A lot of people don't want to be an adult at 27, 28. It means you got to move into surviving on your own. Second Saturn return, age 58. This is when I thrive. I'm done with just surviving. I got to thrive. Uranus opposition, age 42. When the family trance you've been operating under finally lifts up and your soul goes, hey, wait a minute. What about me? What did I come to do? Like that. Oh, wow. This so is interesting exciting. stuff. And uh, again, it's just being open to understanding. And it's so funny is our, <laughs> our video tech and just everything tech behind the scenes. When you said about Aries and the has and sunglasses, he immediately was like, wait a minute. She's talking about me, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's true. Yeah. It's so funny yeah. how and my grandma was, you know, Aries. and it, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's it's like just yeah. looking at the the bigger picture and how all of these things kind of line up mm-hmm. and 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 try to pay attention to the bigger story, you know. And so today you provided a lot of incredible science and talking about our structure and our hormones and things that are, uh, you know, the more the metaphysical piece and the things that are broader and the things that are less understood that maybe we should pay attention to, especially in the context of you healing, because what I feel is a grave deficiency today is that people do so much to have the facade that they have belief mm-hmm. to, 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 to have the facade that they have faith mm. but, but when it comes to the healing of their body by something other than a scalpel they don't believe that you got it you got it and I when I was in active practice I swear to you only five percent of my patients really got it. At the time, I had Carolyn Mace, one of the foremost medical intuitives in the country, on speed dial. I could call her up and get a reading about what was really going on for $25. Very few people really wanted to know. And I had a woman come in years later, and she said, I didn't come back for two years, because the degree to which I am responsible for my own life was so shocking to me that I couldn't handle it. But now I'm back because that's where the power is. The power is in you and in your connection to the divine 100% of the time. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Northrup. You're amazing. And can you let everybody know where they can find your books and where they can connect with you online? You got it. DrNorthrup.com is my website. I got an Instagram account. I'm on Facebook, big community there, Twitter. But DrNorthrup.com is where you're going to find everything, like <laughs> the books, and you know, Amazon. They're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just personally, of course, and I'll, I'll put all of this in our show notes as well. But I just went bananas. I even driving my son home from 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 school and from the gym and stuff. I'm I was playing the YouTube videos in the car and just listening to you, <laughs> and uh, just kind of immersed in your world uh, the last few days. And and it's you're just such a refreshing 
uh, view on everything and the results speak for themselves. And I've got one final question for you, if you could share with everybody. What is the model or the example that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life personally? Oh, I am here to show people, but myself first, (laughs) that I want to be an example of what I'm writing about. If this stuff doesn't work for me, I am never going to write about it. I have to be true to what I'm talking about. And so I want to live it. I'm walking my talk. I don't ever put anything in a book that I haven't personally tried out that I don't personally believe in. This is actually my story. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. Dr. Northrup, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, just know that you are truly, truly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same about you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this. And uh, we got some of those wheels turning to paying attention to the things that we look past on a day-to-day basis. And I think this is a call to action to get connected with the things that matter most. What is what is actually birthing all of this experience for you? What where is the foundational piece that makes all of this possible? And when you get in touch with that, that's when everything actually becomes possible, right? And today we're seeing over and over in different fields, different examples of, you know, the people who can see the invisible can do the impossible. And we need more of that because there are a lot of people who are not in a good way right now and they're struggling and they're experiencing disease and and disorder and dysfunction. And we have this huge shift towards technology and it's making our lives easier in some ways, but in some ways they're disconnecting us. So put everything in its proper place. You know, try to get things in order today, a call to action, have a practice where you get connected to, to that part of you that everything else springs from. Right, that that source. So I appreciate you so much for tuning in today and I appreciate you for being the person who you are, the type of person who wants to be better, the type of person who wants to be the best version of themselves and the, per- the type of person who is going to be of service in the lives of others because you have said yes to being the best version of yourself. I appreciate you immensely. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care. 